What's happening, everyone? Welcome in to the Final Score podcast. Uh, Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Force Department here with you, as always. And uh, looking forward to having Joe Blazer, uh, the Urbana girls basketball coach, on this week. Uh, the Hawks are... 14 and 0 as we sit here in uh, early February and uh, uh, starting to think about uh, the playoffs and their playoff chances. And uh, it's been a big week for Urbana basketball already as they honored uh, Ella uh, uh, Brzee, uh, uh, the younger sister of former Urbana players Bailey and uh, Kendall Brzee. Uh, and, and Ella. A student at Urbana, very involved with the basketball team. Uh, she's been going through a tough fight with uh, brain cancer. Um, uh, recently had a surgery um, in Nashville at, at, at St. Jude's. So uh, Ella's been going through a tough fight, uh, and, sh- and she means a lot to the team, and, and they honored her uh, between the junior varsity and varsity games uh, on Tuesday uh, against South Hagerstown. So that was really cool. So we'll ask... Uh, uh, Coach Blazer, what that moment was like for the team, and and, ju- and just uh, his background, uh, how he how he uh, got into coaching, how he came to be at Urbana, and 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 why this Urbana team is playing so well. So, in just a couple of minutes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll have uh, Joe Blazer on. Uh, John Cannon joins me now, and John, you've seen this Urbana girls basketball team, and and I know you were pretty impressed by them. Yeah, they're fun to watch. I mean, they uh, they play really fast, a fast tempo. Uh, they keep it up because they got a lot of uh, a fair amount of depth and uh, a lot of they can play do different things they have inside players they have guards really they can do passing and slash and and shooters so they're they're, they're a handful yeah their, their leading score is uh alana tate uh one, one of the leading scores in the county uh they also have a, a player a carmen quetty uh who's averaging double figures in scoring and rebounding and, and she seems to fit that energetic style that 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 coach blazer is looking for well, she's that inside player too so they uh you know they got guards that can do a lot of damage but if you focus on them and you know they can kick it into her and she can tear people up inside so that's uh, they're a tough uh tough matchup team did you see their first game against frederick high yes yeah that's their only close game at all i mean it was a one one point game I, before that, their previous closest game was against Middletown, which was a 17-point victory, and I don't think anybody's played them any closer than that. Well, Fred, nobody's played them closer than Frederick, but the second best closest game for them is that 17-point uh, victory over Middletown, I believe. Yeah, I mean, you, you probably you probably cover more basketball than girls basketball than than, than anyone here. Did, did did this team sort of come out of the blue, out of, out of nowhere, or sort of, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or was this sort of expected them being able to make a run like this? Well, you ha- you're going back two years now, you know, because last year they didn't really have that season. I mean, as I remember, right. two years ago they were you know respectable, um, but um, and then now the the Alana Tate you talk about, she transferred from Clarksburg. So two years ago, I don't believe she was in the program. Uh, she was here last year for that mini season they had. Uh, so she, you know, they were already a good program anyway. And then you bring her in, and uh, you know, there you go. I, I I think the interesting dynamic for them, and they still have a game with Frederick to play before the end of the season. So that so that could test them, and they and they have a couple other tests that I think they play Wise next week. I I think they might play Clarksburg, uh, who's who's uh, who's pretty good too. But th- but they play in 4A, which is the biggest classification, and and, and man, they might have to go through some real um, heavyweights uh, down the line to to, to to win that state title. So it'll be interesting to see how they stack up because, like you said, they haven't really been tested all season. They, they, they have a good win against Frederick. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and just it'll be interesting to see the matchup against some teams from outside of the county and, and, and maybe get a better sense of of how good they they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Blazer is an energ- energetic guy uh, himself, John. You remarked that, he, that he's always twitching and, 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 and moving on the on, on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, as much as his players. I mean, they play, they play like he coaches very fast and always in motion. Yeah, it, it seems to rub off on the team, his style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he, he uh, played at Middletown, um, and he also uh, went to basketball camp, and I think he worked basketball camp uh, for, for, Mor- for Morgan Wooten. Um, uh, so, so he's well, well, well steeped uh, uh, and has had a lot of good um, coaching mentors, and, and, and we'll talk to him uh, about that as well. Uh, February, uh, we're, we're inching uh, closer to the end of the regular season. Uh, w- w- within a month or two, we'll be uh, we'll be in the midst of of, of the playoffs. Um, anything else uh, jump out at you over the last week, John, in terms uh, of pl- playoff basketball? I've been kind of on the uh, Catoctin beat. I did uh, last week. Uh, the only game I did before the snow hit was uh, the Catoctin girls, and uh, they uh, they had a, I saw them have a hand, handy victory over Wingenor and Emily Williams who is one of their I – mean, again, that's another team. They are really good. They only have the one loss. Um, had a nice night for them. She's a nice player, uh, senior. Um, so they're, they're – uh, and, again, they're 1A. We've been talking about this. The way things are shaping up now, it looks like they'll end up – there's a very good likelihood they'll play Urbana in that CMC championship game if things stand as, stay as they are now, which will be an interesting game. Yeah, another team to watch is Middletown, too. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're the lone team to beat Catoctin. Uh, not not a tall team is right. is um, uh, coach Karen Nelson will be the be the first to tell you but but um, they they ha- they have to do all of the little things uh, they have to do all the little things well is what I'm trying to say uh, to succeed and and, and and they do I mean that 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 Catoctin win is, is a really nice uh, mm-hmm. uh, win for them yeah. so. Uh, boys' side, uh, Tuscarora. We just had Coach Scott on last week, and and, and they uh, have, have been fading uh, a, a little bit here. That they have, they have they have three losses in the last week. I I hope we didn't put the put, put the kibosh on uh, on the Tuscarora boys, but uh, but Oakdale had one of their best wins of the season uh, on Tuesday. On uh, yeah, I guess it was Tuesday when they beat uh, Tuscarora uh, this week. And uh, and and Leganor, uh, c- c- continues to roll. Uh, Thirteen and one now. Uh, had a twenty point win at at Thomas Johnson and TJ's and TJ's not a not a bad team at all. Um, uh, <clears throat> they have wins over Walkersville uh, this season. They they beat Frederick this season. Uh, they beat St. John's Catholic Prep uh, in in double overtime this season. So uh, to, to sweep TJ, including beating him by twenty. Um, uh, on on the road is another nice feather in the cap of the Ligonor boys, and, and I'll be interested to see them uh, play play some playoff games and and, and how they um, stack up um, against teams from outside of the county. Uh, you mentioned something today, John. I, I guess uh, due to the COVID protocol, still that every team uh, basically will make the playoffs in in, in all sports, including uh, wrestling. Wrestling, yeah, that's the word. I guess that's the big change. It sounds like. Uh yeah, for the duels, um, now every res- uh, that's become an open tournament, so every team qualifies now. Whereas what in the past they have was it four in a region or whatever the whatever the, I forget what the yeah you you used to have to qualify for the duels uh, like, like the, 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 there's only a limited number. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned uh, too, you, you pointed out that the that the track, um, the number of uh, qualifiers for states has been has been capped. Yeah, they reduced it down. I forget the exact number for boys and for girls somewhere in the teens. 
so uh, for regionals so that uh yeah and i don't know what the the reasoning was behind that i just heard about it but uh yeah, they, uh, that's yeah it, it's unusual because it seems like they're expanding the opportunity in, in one sense and then they're limiting the opportunity um in, in, in another sense i've always thought though that they need to raise the some of the standards uh just the qualifying standards uh in, in state track in, in the pole vault the, the standards are pretty low like he could have a seven foot pole vault which mm-hmm. some boys are able to uh, the, some elite boys are able to high jump and, and that gets you into the state pole vault for girls. Um, so so I, I've, I've always felt in a couple of events in particular, they need to raise the standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it is interesting that they're, that, that, that they're um, capping uh, that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that uh, shakes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, saw the St. John's uh, Catholic Prep boys on, on, on Monday, and, and, and they, look, they look pretty good. Uh, Mackay Nelson's a nice player for them. And, uh, and 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 they had a nice uh, come from behind win over friend school. And I know you've seen St. John's uh, this year too, and, and thought they were pretty good. So, right, right. and I got to see Catoctin boys got a win over Brunswick the other yeah. night. Remember, they spent a good part part of the season with a bunch of players out at various times with injuries, and now they're all back. And it was only their second win, but you know they're almost like a different team now. So we'll see how they go. <laughs> from the, the stretch run. Yeah, shout out to the Tuscarora girls too, who uh, who mm-hmm. had a win over Oakdale. Uh, they, 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 they've been uh, they've been uh, struggling this season, uh, but, but but they uh, pulled it out over Oakdale by one point. So I want to say they have two, uh, and that was our, that was big. But they might have had another win in mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah, they? they're they're two and twelve uh, yeah. according to our prep page, and in uh, in one and seven. Uh, so so right. so. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 that was a big moment for them uh, to be able to get that win. All right, uh, thank you, John. And when we come back in just a second, uh, Joe Blazer, the Urbana Girls basketball coach, uh, will be with us, and uh, he'll be talking about his undefeated Hawks. Stay tuned. Uh, you're listening to the Final Score Podcast. We are back here on the final score and very excited to have Joe Blazer on this week. Joe is the coach of the unbeaten Urbana girls basketball team. Joe, how are you, man? Doing, doing really well. Thanks for having me on tonight, Greg. Uh, absolutely. I have a bunch of questions for you, but I wanted to start here. Um, on Tuesday night of this week, you guys played North Hagerstown and in between the varsity and the junior varsity game, uh, uh, you honored uh, Ella uh, Brzee, uh, who, who's been a big uh, part of your team, a big part of the Urbana High School community, uh, who is battling brain cancer. Uh, she, she's going through a really tough fight, and, uh, and, and you guys uh, honored her uh, in between the junior varsity and the varsity game last night. Uh, what how do you and your players view Ella's story and, and sort of how did the ceremony last night come together? Uh, you know, it was, it was really a special night, you know, for our program. It was a ton of, you know, community members that came out uh, to support, you know, Ella and, you know, her family and everything she's going for going through. And we're in a, you know, the, the unique position of she is, you know, a basketball player. She is a freshman at Urbana. So a bunch of our girls on the team, you know, I've known her and know her and have played with her, you know, for years and years. And so she's, she's already a part, you know, of their lives and, you know, she was going to be, and she is a part, you know, of our program. Um, and so we, our, a lot of our girls have that personal connection. She's come to our camp for years, you know, d- during the summer. And so she's, she's just a young you know lady that has, 
has been around and is going to be around, you know, for a long time with our program. And so it was, it was kind of a no brainer for us, you know, to, to have a night in which we could, you know, recognize her, you know, um, our JV team, you know, zoomed or FaceTimed her, uh, you know, on tryout day, you know, way back in November 15th, just to include her, you know, in the program that day, because we knew she was, you know, missing us and we were missing her. Um, so throughout the year, it's just been, you know, staying in touch, you know, reaching out, seeing if there's anything uh, we could do for her and ways to, you know, continue to make her feel involved. And, and it all kind of came together last night. Yeah, it was a real nice ceremony. And of course, Ella's two older sisters, Bailey and, and Kendall played uh, at Urbana High School. And uh, you guys presented her with some flowers. Uh, you, you gave her a, a, a nice jersey with everyone's signature on the back, which I think uh, re- really touched her. How, how do you think your players draw daily inspiration from Ella? Or how, I mean, how do you, I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, just, I don't, I don't know, you know, how you couldn't, you know, and it was a great, you know, article there in the paper today, you know, by Joe. And, uh, you know, it is, it's, you know, I, I really echo, you know, what, Kendall and Brian, you know, said about, you know, Ella is just the strength, you know, being so mental, you know, and it's not always just physically, you know, can you, you know, go through something, but, you know, mentally, are you ready? Are you there for it? And, uh, you know, that was, we always have a thought of the day at practice. And that was our thought of the day today is, you know, our mental approach, our mental strength, our mental, you know, recharge, you know, like finding the mental strength that was today's focus. Um, you know, kind of drew right off of, you know, Ella last night. And so, you know, just, just knowing, you know, how strong she's been, you know, she was able to come to school on the first day of school, you know, this year and and see her friends and, you know, be a part of that. And um, that was, that was an amazing, you know, scene, you know, she was in the cafeteria and I walked by her and she was just so excited and so happy to be there. Um, So it's just getting to see her, you know, what she's doing and how she is continuing to, to say so strong. Yeah. It really makes you appreciate each and every day, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's something our, our seniors in particular have echoed to our team all years, you know, appreciate every practice, you know, every opportunity to get to be with your team. Yeah. Uh, before I ask you about your team, I, I, I had a question about you. You're, you're a high energy guy on, on the sideline. When you, when you coach, you're, you're always moving around. Where does all of this energy come from, Coach Blazer? I, I love what I do. I love teaching. I love coaching. Uh, I, I never wake up thinking, oh, man, I got to go to work today. Like, you know, the weirdest thing, it's, it, it doesn't feel like work, you know, in the traditional sense of like, you know, grinding, you know, nine to five or something. Like, I really love and enjoy what I do. And so, you know, when... Well, I feel very blessed with that. And when, when that happens, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of easy to, you know, just love it and, and get to be in the gym, get to be around great young people, um, you know, in the classroom or on the court. And uh, yeah, I, I, I've never been able to sit still. And, you know, with the, the couple of times I do sit on the bench and ask my assistants, you know, a question, uh, they, they give me a weird look. They're like, what, what are you doing? You know, like, well, why are you sitting, uh, you know, get back up. That's kind of what we're used to. So, uh, it's, it's just kind of infectious from the kids, the players, you know, that I'm around and, you know, loving what I do every day. If it gets late in a game or even after a game, do you ever think, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tired right now. <laughs> after games, there's definitely a wind down period that you need, you know, to, 
to let kind of all that energy go, you know, and go back. But, you know, anything I do is nowhere near compared to, you know, what our players do. Uh, you know, they, they play really, really hard and, you know, really proud of that. You know, they, they're, they're relentless, um, you know, in their approach to the game. So, you know, and any complaints I would have about being tired, you know, pale in comparison to the effort they give. Well, what do you enjoy the most about your job? Getting to be around the kids, uh, you know, the students and the players, like just getting to see them on a daily basis and anything I can do to help them, you know, along the way. And they help me just as much. I tell them, you know, I was like, you know, look, the days, you know, maybe I did have a bad morning or, you know, bad first block, you know, you all pick me up, you know, by, by your moods and, and approach to class. So getting to be around them is, is a blast. It's the best. Right. The, the energy component, like it, it's gotta be like positive energy. Are you cognizant of sort of the energy that you're emitting while you're, while you're moving uh, about? Yeah. You know, and you know, just going back to Ella last night, we, we recognized her with something called the be a Hawk, you know, player, um, you know, of life and be a Hawk for us stands for belief, enthusiasm, and attitude. And that enthusiasm is a huge, huge part, you know, the Ralph Waldo Emerson quote, you know, nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. We preach that to the team and we, we make it a big point. We praise it every time we make a big deal about our energy on the bench. You know, they have to be so rowdy. This is a rule. They have to be so rowdy that the officials have to warn them, you know, to sit down. The officials have to tell them, Hey, you know, you, you got to stay, you know, on the bench, you got to stay seated, stop standing up. Um, so we praise it. We recognize it. And, and we understand its value to a team. Yeah. What is your background in basketball? Did, did you grow up shooting hoops in the driveway and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, ha had a hoop, you know, in the driveway, gravel driveway, you know, to begin with. So you know, that, that was working on the ball handling there as it's taking the weird bounces. Um, and then, you know, playing, you know, one-on-one -on -one with my dad, you know, in the, in the driveway and him beating me 11 to nothing you know, backing me down, you know, scoring and then calling winners and checking it, checking it up again. Um, so it, it, there was no mercy shown there. Um, and then I played for uh, John Jarrett at Middletown, um, Aaron White. He was my JV coach and then John Jarrett, my varsity coach. <clears throat> so played for, for them uh, while I was there and then went off to Virginia Tech and I was a part of the women's basketball team. I was a practice player for them for four years. Uh, and had a great, great experience. After tech, I went to Bishop O'Connell High School in Arlington, Virginia. Um, I was an assistant for Joe Wooten for about six or seven years uh, before my wife and I, who's also a Frederick County, uh, Middletown grad as well, we uh, moved back uh, to the county. How did the opportunity come about to work with the, the women's program at uh, Virginia Tech? And did you feel weird about it uh, at, at first? So I had a buddy I graduated high school with who was doing it out of Colorado State. And, you know, it was both our freshman year and we were just catching up, you know, on text or on the phone. And he told me he was doing it. I was like, wait a minute, like that's right up my alley. You know, getting to be something competitive, getting to be around, you know, a team, being a part of something like it was more than pickup. You know, it was like it was there was something more to it than just going to play pickup at, at, on campus. And so I said, I, I got to do this. And I actually saw a girls player walk into the dining hall. And just went up and was like, hey, do I have practice players? She was like, yeah. I was like, how do I do that? She was like, I don't know, contact our coach. <laughs> so I sent an email to the coach and, you know, the rest was history. You know, I think just a couple of weeks later, I joined up, you know, my freshman year and did it all, all four years there. 
I'm curious if your pride got in the way, though. I mean, were you worried about being embarrassed and being shown up because you were you were beaten by 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 some girls? Oh my gosh, no, no, goodness, you know, it was the, you're talking, you know, high high level, you know, athletes and you know girls, you know, and young women that you know were playing this, you know, at the highest level in the ACC, you know, and none of that at all, you know, it was, and again, you know, it was my job to hopefully make them better. You know, I was a practice player to make them better. You know, it wasn't about, you know, me or, you know, what I could do. I wasn't there to, you know, play in front of a crowd or get any stats. It was, you know, what, what can I do for the team? And that's, that's always been my biggest thing, whether I was on a team or coaching is, being a part of a team is special. Being a part of a team means something to me, you know, pulling in the same direction with other people. Um, and so that, that's what drew me to it. That was, that was the attraction is getting to just be a part of a team, help, help make in any way, shape or form that team better, do whatever I could. How many male practice players were involved in the program? Was it just you or were there some others? No, we probably had 10 and then, you know, six, seven, eight would show up, you know, every day, depending on class schedule, you know, they weren't rearranging practice times around our class schedules or anything like that. So they had, you know, 10 to 12 and they would send us the weekly schedule here when practices and you made it, you know, when you could. Um, and, and it was, it was an unbelievable you know, opportunity. You were playing with, with other guys that were serious about the game. Again, it wasn't just, you know, pick up, you know, on campus and then you were there being a part of the team. What's it like at the football games when they get the inner Sandman going and, and, and the team runs out onto the field? That, that's always an awesome scene to watch on TV. Oh, it's it's a special place. You know, Blacksburg really is a unique place. And uh, there's very, very, very few people have ever heard, you know, say they didn't enjoy, you know, their time there. And it's it's that, you know, typical college town of, you know, everybody, you know, is pulling in the same direction, you know, and the community around Virginia Tech. Um, is is a special special thing but but the energy of that moment when the football team comes onto the field have you ever felt anything like that before could, or could you compare it to anything else or uh, you know the, the capacity is about 66,000 66,000 people jumping at the same time you know was goosebumps and you know they show they show the players walking through the tunnel and the video board and that's when everybody gets going and when the when the tune you know to enter Sandman drops for the first time uh, it was delirium, you know, it really was. And uh, the, it was, it was unlike, you know, anything I had experienced and you've been lucky to experience a couple of things, you know, since all sports related, but sports really do bring people together. But, but yeah, it was, it was delirium. It was madness. It was pandemonium and everybody just jumping and screaming until they couldn't hear themselves think. Uh, back to the battles on the old uh, gravel driveway for a second. When was the first time you beat your dad? And when you did, did you feel bad about it? <laughs> we, we stopped playing for a while. We, you know, probably stopped playing pretty young because it, I, I wouldn't talk to him the rest of the day. I, I wouldn't speak to him. I would go into my parents' room at night, say goodnight to my mom and not say, not say a word to my dad and just storm off to my room. Um, and so we stopped playing for a little while. He would rebound for me, but we didn't play. And then uh, it was in high school. And I, I don't remember how I got brought up, but I, I will never forget the conversation. He was like, I could still beat you. And I was like, dad, like, I love you. I respect you, but like, I, I'm sorry, you can't, you know, like, I'm playing, I'm practicing every day. I've gotten bigger. Like you can't. And 
my mom was the one what you two got to settle it you two got to settle this oh mom so mom to, was egging you on she, she said she she was tired of the back and forth she was tired of the bickering of him saying he could me saying i could and uh so we went to the middletown park to to get rid of the gravel you know to have an official court and uh he he got ball first he he made that very clear he was going to get the ball first scored the first point and then it was 11 to 1 um i, I won and that was the first time I, you that was the first time you beat him th- that's the f- first time we'd played probably since fifth grade and the last time we'd played we hadn't played since fifth grade until probably my senior year of high school just because it led to such you know animosity <laughs> oh wow us. and so and we've never played again um so if he ever if he listens to this, I don't know, you know, <laughs> how he's gonna feel about it. But that that's the true story. That's how it went down. Well, because you said he was like wiping you out when you were a kid, like 11, 11 to nothing and stuff like that. You like you couldn't beat him. So I was just curious, when did the tide turn? When you when you got into high school or middle school or something? That that that's when you were able yeah, to. No, I'm, he he backed me down and shot layups as as I'm a fourth grader and would call winners and we would check it up again and he would do the same thing. And it would be 11 nothing, And then, yeah, we, we didn't play. We stopped playing just because it, <laughs> it wasn't going well for either of us. I got so upset, you know, after the game. So, yeah, we really – we didn't play probably from fifth grade until my senior year of high school. Um, and then we had to go settle things. Now, I, I was going to say, so you let your dad win the last game for like – and you let it that sit for five years and something like before, before, before you made everything right again. Y- yeah, yes. Absolutely. You know, and again, he would rebound for me and all that, but we just, we couldn't go down that road for a long time. And <laughs> so, so it sounds like you blazers are ruthless uh, competitors then. <laughs> and, and my mom again is the worst. She's the worst out of all. Oh, mom, mom's the worst. She'll tell you she's not. And she'll tell you she's not an athlete and she didn't play sports growing up, but summers we would go play putt putt down in ocean city and it was an unwritten family rule that we had to let mom win. Otherwise she would be miserable the rest of the day um, because she hates losing that much. So she'll tell you she's not, but, but she, I think is the most competitive in the family. So your hatred of losing comes from both your mom and your dad. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, when did coaching sort of enter your mind? When, when, when did you know you wanted to be a coach? Young, young. It was, it was middle school. Um, that that I, I just knew that you know sports had to be a part of my life you know forever and uh I loved playing them and you know I wanted to keep playing as long as I could but you know whenever that day came you know I knew it had it had to be coaching and I thought it would be baseball you know at first uh that was that was the sport my dad and I both knew the best you know like we watched all the games together we watched football basketball you know baseball everything together and uh that was the one that we talk the most. That's the one we, you know, X and O, you know, right. You know, talk strategy the most. Um, but then I kind of knew that maybe my energy and my inability to sit still want to do great, you know, on a baseball bench. Um, yeah, you so got to wait, what, you got to wait between pitches. Uh, did, did you play at Middletown? Did you play baseball? I did. I played. Yeah. I played, um, for coach Warnfelt's uh, baseball. And then I played for coach Scheffler. Uh, on the soccer team as well. Oh, you did. So, so you were a three sport athlete. You didn't play football. I did not. No. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, what what position did you play in baseball, and how hard was it just to deal with all the all the uh, stoppages in the game for a fidgety person like you? 
I was, I was primarily a um, middle infielder. And so I was the, you know, I was the guy walking in on the pitch, you know, every time I was the one backing up the pitcher every time just to keep myself moving. You know, I was, my, my feet never stood still in the dirt in which, you know, as an infielder, that was kind of good. So you're ready to approach the ball and play the ball and not let it play you. But, but even, you know, after pitcher threw it and it was a ball or, you know, something like that, no action on the play, I was running in back in up the pitcher just, just to keep myself moving. Could you swing the bat? No, no, <laughs> I couldn't hit a lick. Uh, but, but I like to think I could feel it a little bit. Uh, but we had a, we had a really good team, you know, that year, uh, some, some great, great, you know, Middletown baseball players uh, my senior year. Where were you in the batting order? Were you, were you last or next to last or where, 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 where did you bat? I was, I was DH for Greg. Yeah. The games I did started short Oh No, Kenny, they, they, they didn't even let you bat. You, 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 yeah. you were that bad. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, this, this feistiness, where, where, where does this come from? Does, does this come from mom, dad, or who, who do you credit this never ending motion to? Uh, I, I think, I think it's gotta be dad and not letting me up off the mat, you know, on the basketball court and not letting me win, you know, it was, you, you fought, you know, for everything, you know, yeah, he, he wasn't going to give me an inch. And if I wanted to beat him, you know, I had to figure out a way to do it. You know, I had to, I had to get better. I had to get, you know, stronger and, uh, everything, everything was a competition. Uh, it, <laughs> you know, who could get to the table the fastest, you know, could I beat my sister into the car? Every, everything was a competition and it became a part of, you know, everything I did in life. I, for a long time, I thought finishing schoolwork at the fastest meant I got the best grade. I learned that that's not how it worked, but everything had to be a competition. I had to, I had to turn in my math facts the quickest, uh, right or wrong. I had to be first. So if you're standing still, you're, you're falling behind. That, that, that's what's going on in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, it's, it works well with having two young kids at home, you know, to always be on my feet. They, they don't let me sit still. Did, did your sister, did she play sports? She, uh, she played soccer as a young kid, and then she ran cross country and track at Middletown. Okay. What were your fierce battles with her in terms of competitiveness? <laughs> About which ice cream flavor we were going to get that night or which TV show we were going to watch. Um, you know, we, Never played a ton, you know, pick up one-on-one or we, yeah. we never, threw, um, you know, anything like that. But but everything else, you know, was a competition. Who was right on this? Who was going to win the game of Monopoly, um, you know, in the family? All right, back to the coaching piece. So you're at Virginia Tech, and, and were you angling your career to, to sort of funnel into this education coaching component all throughout your time at Tech? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. You know, when I got to college – I, I knew that coaching and, and teaching was what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know where, what level, you know, exactly or where I wanted to take it. Um, you know, if it was, if I wanted to get into college coaching, you know, if high school coaching, what it was yet, you know, you know, middle school youth coaching, but, but I knew that those were two things. And it was, it was my experiences at Middletown, you know, with, with coach Jarrett, with coach Warrenfeld and coach Scheffler, uh, that made me want to go into those things is I had great, great mentors. Um, I grew up right down the street from, from Chuck Nichols and he was a second dad to me growing up and seeing him and his legacy as a teacher and coach. Uh, these were people that I was just like, 
that seems awesome. Um, and wanted to do that. And so, yeah, going to Virginia Tech, that was the plan. Um, be a college coach, high school coach, that that was it. I didn't know where yet, but but yeah, I was focused on those. What was the goal sort of to come back here to Frederick County or would you have been fine moving elsewhere? You know, I even from you know a young age, I, I always kind of knew like work or enjoy the job you are, enjoy where your feet are, you know, kind of thing. And so I never just envisioned that it would had to be in one place, um, you know, wherever, wherever it was, you know, I, I like to, to make home and like to enjoy. Um, so I didn't have that, you know, gamed out yet, but, but yeah, coaching high school or college, something that, that was it, you know, where, with who, what sport, you know, none of that was totally figured out, but, but coaching for sure. Right. I, I'm curious how the opportunity at Bishop O'Connell after you left tech came about, was that something you were uh, working on while you were at tech or sort, sort of, how did that come about for you? So my summer after my freshman year of college, all I did with my summers was, was work basketball camps or work sports camps, youth camps, um, a couple of soccer ones in there, couple, you know, a lot of basketball ones anywhere I could. And I went to the Wooten camp basketball camps as a kid. They're held at, you know, Frostburg now. They used to be held at the Mount. And so having gone to them as a kid, I went online and was like, how, how do I become a counselor? Uh, put in an application, just random online application, didn't know anybody there, uh, got, got chosen to work that. I worked seven weeks of that camp my first summer and every summer there since. Um, my four years there. And then every year I worked at O'Connell, I worked those camps as my summer job, um, lived up at Frostburg for, for weeks on end. And so through those camps, you know, the Wooten family runs them, you know, Morgan you know, passed away, but you know, Joe's father, you know, started them. And then Joe as well, getting to know him at the camps. Um, eventually he came up to me and said, Hey, when you graduate college, you know, I'd love for you to come work for me. And that's a hard, it's a hard opportunity to pass up, you know, getting a coach with somebody like him and at that level. Yeah. So here's another, of course, great influence for you, Morgan Wooten. What, what, what struck you about um, coach Wooten? He did everything the right way. Like he never cut a corner. He never left a detail, you know, on or overlooked. We would have staff meetings every morning before the camp started. And this is a campa six, 700 kids, like a capacity was like 660 kids at this camp. And so you imagine, you know, the staff, you got to have over a hundred coaches, counselors, referees, all of this stuff. And every morning he asked how the high school, his own high school players were officiating the games. He wanted to make sure they were hustling and officiating the games properly. So the kids had a great experience. He checked to make sure the vending machines worked properly so that a kid could get the drink that they needed in between games and everything he did, he, he did the right way. You know, he, he didn't say, you know, just take an easy way out or, you know, try to let something slide. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't in a way where you felt you were watched or it was, you know, he was heavy handed with it. He just made, he, he taught you that, you know, everything matters. The way you handle yourself, the way you carry a program, the way you operate, how you talk to people matters. So this has been a lifelong process for you, really becoming a coach with all these great influences and stuff. You were training to be a coach probably when you were playing sports. You didn't even know you were training to be a coach, but but all these great influences you've had sort of just kept pushing you down this path and pushing you in this direction, right? 
No, hundred percent. And like, I don't know if he meant to do it, but you know, my dad would, you know, quiz, I guess you'd call it a quiz as we were watching games, you know, as I'm, you know, first grade, second grade, you know, what's the count, you know, like, and that was before, you know, they always showed every count or every, you know, base runner, you know, on with the little, you know, whatever, you know, in picture and picture things or the little bars. Uh, but yeah, so always knowing the, the score and always knowing the situation. And then, you know, that all the way through, you know, Coach Scheffler, you know, did things the right way. You know, he ran his programs, you know, in in a way in which you wanted to, you were inspired, you were motivated to play for him. The Wooten camps, they did a coach's round table every day at lunch that were optional for coaches. Uh, you could either go enjoy your lunch or you could come and sit and listen, you know, to, to Morgan Wooten talk basketball. Uh, and it never missed one, <laughs> you know, like I'll eat later, you know, go, go listen to a hall of famer talk to you. And a person he'd never met, he didn't know my name the first year, you know, but he would learn your name quick because it mattered. You know, he would ask you your name and he would take questions from, from a college freshman that he'd never met before and answered it as though he was talking to Mike Brett, you know, one of his you know former assistants, you know, like it, it was unbelievable. Did you look up the coaches more than you did famous athletes and stuff like that? For sure. For sure. You know, had, you know, uh, Wooten's pyramid of success, you know, from an early age, um, you know, his, his characteristics, his attributes as to how to run, you know, a program. And yeah, you know, I can, I can probably, you know, rattle off, you know, some of the coaches, you know, of teams back in the day, just as quickly as I could, you know, the players. Who were your coaching idols uh, growing up? Uh, and speaking of Coach Nichols, he gave me a book. Coach Chuck gave me a book when I was in high school about Anson Dorrance, the uh, women's soccer coach at UNC. Yeah. Um, yeah, not a name a lot of people know, but UNC set the standard for women's soccer. They won some ungodly number, like 20 out of the first 30 national championships in women's soccer. And I read that book like it, like it was gospel, you know, just listening to how he motivated players. And he's got a great line in there or a great philosophy that it's about motivating people. It's not about X's and O's that great coaches could coach different sports because it's about motivating people. It's about relationships with people. And that struck with me. Um, and something I've, I've held on to and, and tried to, to the, do the best I could in terms of building relationships. Were, were, were there famous coaches that, um, that you really uh, looked up to or, or, or that really influenced you? Big, big Tom is a fan of Michigan state fan, you know, as a kid, uh, the Mateen Cleave, you know, the Mateen Cleaves years, you know, when they had uh, that crew, um, you know, the Flint boys, you know, the Flint the, the, five, the, you know, the Flintstones. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I really, really watched, you know, a lot of him uh, um, and, and their teams as an early age, uh, Brad Stevens at Butler, you know, before he became, you know, took over at uh, with the Celtics. I really, really watched a lot of stuff. He did um, being a Maryland guy, you know, big Gary Williams fan, you know, his intensity, you know, there and uh, yeah, you know, a lot of basketball coaches for sure stuck stick out. When you pictured yourself coaching at a young age, what sport did you envision coaching? What did you think you'd be coaching? It, it really was baseball. You know, it was, you know, having the catches in the backyard of my dad. I was like, you know, this is it, you know, and I, I was like, dad, you're going to be my bench coach. You know, like you're going to be, you're going to be on first base. I'll be on third base. Um, and so I really did think it was going to be baseball for a long time. Okay. 
Uh, and the Bishop O'Connell job that you got out of college, that was a girls, that was, I presume, a girls basketball job? No, it was actually uh, with the boys. You oh, know, with, being, with, uh, with the boys. And okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just with Joe Wooten um, on the boys side. Okay. Um, did you really have to adjust your style or is it much different coaching the girls? No, you know, not at all. And I didn't have to make an adjustment at all. And not long after I got the job at Urbana, I had a a friend down in O'Connell text me and, you know, congrats. And he sends something, he goes, you know, when people ask the difference, and this was a famous quote or a picture he'd found online or something, it was, you know, when people ask about the difference between coaching boys and girls, I tell them there isn't any, you treat them all with respect. You treat them all, you know, as people, you motivate them and you hold them all to a standard. And, you know, that's, that's, I, I couldn't agree with it more, you know, you're coaching, you know, young people, you know, and it's about how you treat them and how you respect them and what you expect out of them, regardless of who they are. Plus your experience um, working in the Virginia tech women's basketball program probably gave you some insight as well. No doubt. No doubt. You know, and uh, that we had, there were some great players, you know, those years, uh, my freshman year, they had the leading score in the ACC, Brittany Cook. Um, we could really fill it up. So I got to see kind of, you know, that played at, at the highest division one level. How, how often did you get your, your, your butt kicked by these uh, tech players? <laughs> I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything with, you know, I, I thought, I thought I was an okay defender, uh, right. but you know, you go up against her and, yeah, she she could get anything she wanted at any point. She called her <laughs> shot. Right. Uh, tell us how the opportunity at Urbana uh, came about. So when my wife and I moved back, I started teaching at Urbana. So I've been teaching there five years, and this is my fourth year coaching. Um, and I start, you know, as soon as I moved back, I you know still had a bunch of you know friends, you know people I knew in the area. John Kymig, you know, a guy I knew you know in high school, a friend of mine. He was coaching the boys at Middletown. Jeff Kolsch had taken over the, the soccer job after Coach Scheffler retired. And both of them, you know, reached out when they knew I was coming back and asked if I would help them. And so my first year at Urbana, I was an assistant boys soccer coach with Jeff Kolsch and an assistant boys basketball coach with John Kymig. And then at the end of that first year, the girls' job opened up. And I actually had three sophomores in my class that were on the varsity team three girls basketball players and get getting to know them in class it was a no-brainer I as soon as the job came open I was like these are young people I want to be around every day these are great young people who, who, that, were, who were the girls uh Hannah Orns Emma McCaskill and Megan DeGrucci um who are all now off doing you know great things in college and I, I, it was, it was a no brainer. You know, I did, I asked coach Stewart, I asked coach Nichols, you know, I was like, look, you know, just give me a little heads up. You know, if I apply for this job, kind of what am I getting into? And they echoed every single thing I'd, I'd seen. And I'd heard, you know, from those three and all the other girls I'd gotten to know in the hallways. And it, it was, it was, it was that right there, getting to teach those three and know them as people that I was like, yes, I'm in. It, and I applied. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put my hat in the ring. You know, I didn't know if I would get it, certainly, but but I wanted I wanted the job at that point. How, how did you react uh, when you got it? I was I was really excited, really ready to get to work, but I also knew, you know, how much I was getting into. You know, uh, Joe Wooten, you know, always told us his assistants that the 
hardest move in coaching is the 12 inches from the you know, assistance chair to the head coaching chair. Um, so, so I knew that I had my, you know, work cut out for me. Um, and I also knew there was a lot of things I probably didn't know, you know, that I was going to have to learn on the fly, uh, but was really, really excited to get to work. What do you think you've learned since you started? It's taking care of the 90% off the court that has got to help make you successful, you know, on the court, you know, being organized, being prepared, having, having the open lines of communication with players and with families, taking care of fundraisers, taking care of bus for like making sure all of that is organized and planned so it's not a distraction it's not a stressor you know when when you're on the court yeah. uh there's there's a lot a lot off the court yeah so you felt ready when 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 you, when you started coaching at urbana when, when you took the job i felt ready um and i would hope that my players kind of you know thought that that first year too but but i would like to think that i'm a better coach now than i was that first year i hope i've learned and grown yeah, well, I mean, uh, you, you're certainly having a great season uh, this year at, at 14 and 0. Like, why are you guys playing so well right now? It, it, I mean, it's you know, it always is, but you know, especially true this year. It's it's the girls, it's the players. Um, they they've come in, you know, so focused, and you know, they've never once you know let anything about last year or the uncertainty about this year be an excuse. You know, they came in with a focus this year with only a six game season, you know, COVID season last year, they didn't, they didn't hang their heads. They weren't upset about, you know, our seniors about missing their junior year. They came in from day one and have said, all right, let's go. Um, and there's been that approach uh, since November 15th, you know, they've understood and have wanted to get better. And I take it as one of our greatest compliments I have had some people tell us, you know, when they come see us play that they're relentless. And I, I wear that as a badge, you know, of honor and pride. And, and I share that with our team that they're relentless and it's, it's every day in practice. Uh, Frederick's been the measuring stick program around here uh, uh, for, for a number of years. Of course, they, they won the, the three uh, state uh, championships were maybe a win or two away from, from winning number four. So, so when you guys beat them earlier in the year, what, what, what did that do for your team? Yeah, I know. And you, you know, you're absolutely right. They, they are, they're a tremendous, you know, program and, you know, I have nothing but, you know, confidence that it will continue that way just because, you know, of, of what they've built there. Uh, so it was, it was definitely, you know, a, a great, you know, win for our girls that night. And they were, they were super pumped for it. We got them again here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so we know, we know it's going to be another test for us, but, but to, to, to go up against, you know, the best is always a great opportunity. And our girls, our girls were excited for the challenge and they knew it would be, and that's exactly what it was. Cause again, you know, they still are, you know, a really, really good basketball team. Yeah, uh, your leading scorer, uh, Alana Tate, uh, 15 points a game, five rebounds a game. Uh, she, she's also averaging almost four assists a game. Uh, tell us about Alana. Yeah, you know, Alana uh, transferred in last year as a sophomore um, and hit the ground running, you know, with a virtual school year, with a, you know, shortened basketball season. There could have been lots of, you know, 
areas or awkward, weird moments, you know, for her to kind of just be like, oh, what's this new situation where I don't even get, you know, a real start here, but came in immediately uh, from, from the beginning of, of her sophomore season, committed to being a part of the group and the team and letting herself, you know, be a part of it in our team. So their credit has, has opened their arms to her as well. Um, and she, she's a very driven, driven student, you know, player and person. She's got, she's got high goals for herself and, and she works hard to achieve them and is a really, really unselfish player. You know, I think, you know, something that stands out to me immediately, you know, certainly, you know, 15 points per game, you know, she's a very talented, you know, finisher and scorer of the basketball, but I think something that gets lost, you know, sometimes when you talk about really good scores is, you know, how unselfish they are. And she is the first to make the right pass when she drives and draws a crowd, she kicks to the open teammate. Um, and, and that makes our team so much better because of the trust, the confidence that she has in everyone else and the example it sets. Uh, looking over your roster, it seems like it's, it's a nice mix of youth and experience. You have, you have four sophomores on the roster, four juniors, uh, a, a nice group of seniors. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, Carmen Quetti, who's averaging right now a double-double, um, 11 points, 10 rebounds a game. So uh, so Carmen is uh, uh, giving you a lot, it seems, in every game. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, s same with her. You know, she, she's been focused this season, you know, and I, I think she's one that could have, you know, really – pouted after missing a junior year you know that's a big year for a lot of you know players to be recruited you know and she she's going to go to Adelphi University and continue to play you know for them up there in New York and she could have been you know upset about not getting the, all the looks that maybe she thought but she came in you know this season and just said coach let's get to work you know and and has been such an example for us in, in coachability and how to get better every day and her senior night right up the other night she wrote about the process and by that she meant like getting better every day and understanding there will be ups and downs and that's that's who she is is every day she comes in says what can i do to get better how do i get better how do we get better and she understands it's not going to be perfect it's not going to make every shot it's not going to result in everything she wants on every play uh but but she's just committed to getting better does Carmen, does she personify your relentless approach? Because to be averaging 10 rebounds a game, that, that takes a certain amount of relentlessness. No, you, you couldn't say it better. And, and, you know, absolutely. And, you know, you watch her play, you know, it's she, she's pulling down, you know, a second shot, a third shot, you know, on possessions. She's the one, you know, sprint back, right? We ask her a lot on the offensive backboards, but then she also does a huge job anchoring our defense for us. So she's sprinting that floor after, you know, I'm, I'm on her about crashing the offensive boards and then also telling her, hey, you got to somehow protect the rim for us. Um, and she, she does it both, you know. <laughs> I don't know how she does it or, you know, I'm, I'm too crazy to asking her to do all of that at once. But, but yeah, I mean, she, she is relentless uh, with it and, and sprints the floor. Are, are you guys more of an offensive team or a defensive team? We've said from day one, I, on November 15th, I said that, you know, our defense would take us as, as far as we go. We've got some talented scorers on our team. We got four girls that, that are close to, to averaging double figures. Um, and I mean, Bree Shuttlewood, Hannah Miles, Alana Tate, and Carmen Quetti. Um, three of them are, and Bree is just at about nine, almost nine points per game. So I knew, you know, that 
we would have scores. I knew, you know, that they would be able to put the ball, you know, in the basket. Um, but if, if we wanted to, you know, go as far as, as everybody hoped and they thought, and we hope continue to continue to go, that it would be on the defensive end. So we have preached that uh, from day one and, and, and they bought into it. That's not easy, you know, to get a team to, to do, but, but again, it's all the credit to them. Who's the player or the players that really do a lot for your team? They make the team go, but maybe they don't get a lot of recognition. They don't get a lot of credit. Uh, who are the players sort of um, under under the radar on your roster? Yeah, no, uh, great, great question. And it's two of our, three of our seniors, really, to be honest, uh, who all right now, uh, two of them uh, come off the bench and one starts for us. Cassidy Irish uh, is, is a little bit of a do-all player for us as well as Paige Shaver, who's a senior that come off. We ask them to play a lot of different positions. We'll ask them to guard on the perimeter at times. We'll ask them to guard in the post. And the way we like to operate is everybody's got a specific job to do, even when we run in transition. So every, even if we get a stop and we're running, we might be asking you to do something different depending on what position you are on the floor. And both of them are, are adaptable and and are selfless in that way. And they're like, coach, whatever it is, whatever possession, let me do it. And then Reagan McMahon uh, for us as well. She, she makes it go, you know, she, you can trust her when she's on the floor to know where everybody's supposed to be. You know, she'll, she'll call out before I even do, you know, where somebody needs to be on the floor if they're in the wrong spot. She's the one communicating you on the defensive end, you know, about our rotation and who needs to be where. And the three of them, uh, you know, and, and we tell them all the time, even though, you know, maybe the stats aren't there, their value to us is off the charts. And praising those players is important. And, and I hope that they, they know that because we do a great job talking to them about it. I'm curious what sort of goals you set for this group prior to the season, because when it's February and you guys are undefeated, people naturally start talking about you guys in the state uh, title conversation. So... What, what, what sort of goals did you set before the season? And do you allow yourself to get caught up into talking and even thinking about what you might do later in March? Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, a fine line, you know, those two. We, we did, we sat down as a team and everybody wrote individual goals and everybody wrote team goals. And then we talked about it as a group. We put them up on the whiteboard. You know what, everything that everybody said, you know, because every, you know, voice, you know, is important in every goal that they have. And the thing that I'm most amazed with about this group is the things that came up the most repeated right um, out of hearing from 13 different voices. We're talking about being closer as a team, being the most in shape team, you know, because we, we try to play fast. And so they knew that would be important. They talked about checking off all of our standards, you know, each game. They've talked about our team moments. Um, there definitely were, you know, the, the basketball related goals of, you know, make it this far or get to this thing or, you know, try to win this year. But those those weren't as common of the answers as the team focused ones in. And that that's a real testament to them. And now, you know, we certainly do, you know, also talk about, you know, playoff, you know, goals. And I think it's I think it's good for a team, you know, to talk about them, you know, because that's something you right almost understand what you're going and then understand what it'll take to get there and we don't know how far it'll go but they're willing at this point to 
to work to get to an unknown. You know, there's a famous clip of a Georgia Tech strength training coach who talks about, are you willing to sprint if the distance is unknown? Are you willing to keep sprinting if you don't even know where the finish line is? And we, we showed that to the team and they all kind of looked around. You, I mean, they were dialed in, not a long video, it's a two minute video, but they're dialed in, head shaking and talked about it after. And I was like, we don't know. We don't know what it'll take. We don't know how far this will go or what we have to do to, to reach the end. But are we willing to, to keep sprinting? Are we willing to keep putting in the work? Uh, so, you know, we talk about, about it on that end. Yeah, we, we understand where or what we may want to accomplish, but what is it going to take us to get there? Right. And it's sort of tricky when you make everything about states and you keep talking and you talk about nothing but states, because if you don't get there, if something happens and you fall short, it sort of feels like a failure when really it might not be. Yeah, no, and 100 percent. And, you know, th this is something, you know, I, I learned from Coach Coach Nichols, Coach Chuck, is that, you know, it's, it's not about wins or losses. You know, we don't ever go back into the locker room and, you know, say, hey, that was it. Amazing. You know, we just won the game done. Move on we've got a list of standards that we want to accomplish in the game. Win or lose, we want to accomplish. And if we do those, that's how we measure success. We might accomplish them and lose the game. And you know what? That's going to happen, you know, but, but we did what we thought would make us successful. We might win a game, but maybe we only got three out of our five standards. Maybe we only got one out of our five standards. Um, you know, so playing to a standard instead of just chasing a win that, you know what? You can you can play the best you can, and maybe it just didn't go your way that night. You know that's that's part of competition. That's part of sports. So yeah, definitely not trying to get ourselves held up to. Oh, if we didn't win, we're we're unsuccessful. Is who is it, and what do we do that makes us successful? Defining our own success. Yeah. What do you think this team ceiling is? I mean, uh, did you think this was a team capable of making a run at a state title prior to prior to the season? There, there are some really good teams in the 4A. Uh, you know, that's for sure. CH Flowers has got a good program. Uh, we're actually going down to play Wise in about a week. Um, and and they're, they're a tough, tough team, about a week and a half, I guess. Um, and then Clarksburg, right down the road from us, is having an unbelievable year. The Washington Post has them number nine, um, you know, in their rankings right now. So they're, they're nobody to mess with. But, you know, tell, tell our girls, you know, all the time that, you know, I like, I like our group. I like our 13, you know, and, and I'll take our chances every game. Cause I, I know how hard they work and you know what they're capable of. So, you know, for sure, you know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll go in and compete, you know, if nothing else, all these girls will be relentless and they'll compete regardless of the situation. And when you do that, uh, you know, I, I think anything's possible. And how, how do you look at the undefeated record too? Obviously you don't want to lose a game, but at the same time, there's sort of, uh, sort of a pseudo pressure to, 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 to keep it going when you're, when you're unbeaten this late in the season, sort of, how do you handle that? Um, you know, and, and I, you know, don't mean to repeat myself, but it's really, it's those standards, you know, again, we go in the locker room and we don't, you know, talk about, you know, the win, you know, we, we have them written on our whiteboard wherever we go, you know, if we're on the road and they don't have a whiteboard, we bring our own piece of paper and we write them up and we, we post them in the locker room. And that's the first thing we go over. You know, we come in, we clap it up, win or lose, you know, in the four years, you know, we, you know, previously win or lose, right? We come in, we clap it up, we're excited, you know, that we just got the opportunity to compete and we go right to the board. We go right to the piece of paper 
And some of them are statistical and some of them are talking about our energy, you know, and that's a little bit harder to quantify, but, but we know kind of what we expect of ourselves and we either give ourselves a check mark that night or not. Uh, and so that's, that's where we are. And we know we we've had lots of games where we haven't reached, you know, all of those standards. Uh, and, and that's what we're striving for. So, you know, yeah, yeah. We're, you know, we're fortunate, you know, our record is where it is and the, the girls are playing hard and playing well. And we're just still striving to, to kind of go five for five on our standards. So, so you prefer to win, but it's not the be all end all uh, if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, we, we talked about at the beginning, you know, I'm competitive, love to win, but you, it, it doesn't happen all the time. You know, you lose, you know, like there's only ever one winner in competition. Uh, and so, you know, that that's the nature of what we've gotten ourselves into. We've all chosen to be in this. And so sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Where did all the writing the stuff down come from? That, that, that seems to be a big part of your approach, getting everything out there and, and, and written down. Where, where did that come from and what good do you think it does? Uh, it started a couple years in at O'Connell. I think it was probably my third year where we where we started doing that. We started writing down, you know, for our players at O'Connell, you know, on the same whiteboard. It's part of the game plan, right? We go over you know, the, the personnel, you know, what we need to do that night and then boom. Here are the things. If we do these, we think we'll be successful more times than not. Um, so I took it, took it from them uh, and, and adopted it and changed it to how we wanted to play. They're not the exact same they were there, but they fit who we are and what we want to do. And what do you think it does? It focuses your girls? I mean, if they have to write it, they have to, have to be thinking about it and cognizant of it. Is, is that sort of the idea behind it? or? Absolutely. And it gives them something to shoot for, right? You know, because again, you know, wins can sometimes be elusive, but did we reach this you know did we get this many attempts at you know the free throw line right you know one of them right so something that is is very measurable very specific and we can say yep did it right all right coach blazer appreciate your time it seems like you're having a lot of fun uh uh, coaching this group it it is uh it's a great group they keep me laughing uh they keep the energy up too so it's a great combination uh, who who are the goofballs on the team? Who 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 keeps the mood light, uh, or or gives you a moment of levity when you might need it? <laughs> we we got several. Uh, Hannah Miles uh, and her sister Sam Miles. We we got a sister duo on the team there. Hannah and Sam are always cracking jokes. A lot of times at my expense. Uh, Grace Waffo and Reagan McMahon, two other seniors for us, who are just undeniably themselves. And you know it's it's awesome you know to see. To, to see that, you know, their, their confidence, their, you know, energy is contagious. Well, what, what do they make fun of you for the most? <laughs> probably, probably my sideline demeanor. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah, the, they have a habit of, I guess I have the habit, but they, the way I say certain drills in practice, I guess they always know when something's coming because of how my tone or my voice changes. And they, they, they love to do impressions of me at practice or in games. And then after a game uh, practice, they'll, they'll let me know whatever I did that was a little bit off the wall, I guess. Are these good impressions or, or do you approve these uh, impressions or do they need some work? I definitely approve, uh, but, but they, they can hone their skills. That's for sure. Okay. They'll, they'll work on it uh, in, in their spare time when they're not doing their schoolwork and when, and when, and when they're not practicing or, or, or playing. Uh, basketball as well as they've been playing all season 
Uh, Joe Blazer is the coach of the Urbana girls. Uh, loved having you on coach. Uh, who, who do you have uh, this week? The, the, the rest of this week. Well, we're at Oakdale tomorrow and, you know, coach Healy does an unbelievable job over there, you know, with them and, and playing at their place is always tough that they got great, you know, fan support too. So got to be ready for tomorrow. All right. Uh, Joe Blazer, uh, appreciate having him on. My thanks to John Cannon for, for being on with me earlier, talking uh, Frederick County sports. To Graham Cullen uh, for producing and, uh, and putting all of this together for me every week. And to all of you for listening. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we'll be back next week uh, here on The Final Score. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.